Who was Jesus? He was a maverick, a perceived rebel with a cause, a rabbi against the grain of what a rabbi should be. He didn't act like people thought he should. He didn't associate himself with who people thought he should. He was for the down and for the out, the underdogs, the misfits. And it's not just who was Jesus, it's also who is Jesus. When he died on a cross for our sins, he rose again three days later. He defeated death. The one who was became the one who is. He's not just a past tense ideal, but a present tense life changer. The past tense inspiration became the present tense king. The past maverick became the present master. He's the way, the resurrection, and the life, the good shepherd. He's the light of the world, the true vine, and apart from him, we can do nothing. Jesus, and Jesus alone, is our true north. It is so good to be with you today. Um, I wanna just ask to start, how many of you parents can relate? You never thought that the most scary thing about a global pandemic would be you having to teach elementary school math. You know what I mean? It's like some of you immediately became homeschool parents, and so I wanna just pray for you, okay? I, I really mean this. I wanna pray for you, I wanna pray for our teachers, I wanna pray for our students. So can we start that way? Father, um, I just thank you for every parent here today that uh, never, ever thought they'd be having a child at home, trying to help them with, with things that they're struggling with, and I know many of them are so worried about their kids and maybe the gap that might exist, would you comfort them today and let them know that, that you're with them and they're gonna get through this. I pray for every teacher. Thank you for our teachers, God, all across the valley. Um, many of them never thought they'd have to teach online and so would you make them so effective at teaching online, connecting with students, that we would just see students continue to grow through this. And I pray for every student here today. Some of them are so disappointed they're gonna miss being together physically for a lot of their senior year, they miss their friends. Would you just fill every gap that exists, Father, and just help all of us to continue to persevere and be patient during this time. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, thank you for your teachers out there and for you parents. Well, um, we are in a series called True North, and what my guess is is that some of you here today this is your first time being in person at a CCV campus since COVID started. And are you pumped to be back? Like, does it feel good to be back? Yeah. I, I, know, I know some of you are here for the very first time ever at CCV, and it's our honor to have you here. And for those of you online, we're so glad you're there. Many of you need to be online. You have a health issue or some other underlying thing, and so we're so glad that you're here. But we're, we're in this series where we're gonna attempt to all of us to be able to get back to true north. I'm curious from last weekend, um, I was talking to you about compasses and how many of you took out your iPhone and played with the true north versus magnetic north setting? Anybody, anybody do that? I told you last weekend that almost every single compass uses a magnet to direct you north and magnetic north does not take you in the same direction as true north. You can take out two iPhones, your iPhone is by default, the compass is set to magnetic north. You can take out two iPhones, set them next to each other, leave one on the default setting, you can go into your settings and change the compass setting to true north, and you'll see that those two compasses point in slightly different directions. And some of you are thinking, who cares? 
And what I told you last weekend is that it matters a ton because you can be just a little, few degrees off, and over time you can find yourself in a place that you never intended to be. And what I think COVID did to so many people is I think COVID turned people just a little bit off. And you may think, well, that's not a big deal. And I showed you last weekend that on a trip to the moon, if you're one degree off, you will end up missing the moon by 4,169 miles. And some of you find yourself right now, and you've just been a little bit off, but it's been a little bit of time, and you have found yourself in a place that you don't know how you got there. And so what we're gonna do in this series, we're gonna get back to true north. And I felt so passionate about this series because I think what our culture needs more than ever is we need true north. And here's the crux of, of the whole series, is that Jesus is the only way you will ever find true north, ever. And yet every single morning that you wake up and I wake up, we enter a world that is trying to pull us away from Jesus, where Jesus wants us to go. Please understand this. Okay, magnetic north would be this. Magnetic north is the direction this world wants to naturally pull you. And make no mistake, we live in a world where the magnetic pull is always gonna pull you away from where God really wants you to go. So true north is really the direction Jesus wants to guide you. And remember that word guide, because we're gonna talk about that a little bit more today. And the only way you can be guided by Jesus is to really understand who Jesus is. And that's what we're talking about in this series. Who is Jesus? And the way we're looking at that is we've been opening up the book of John in the Bible, which by the way, if you've never read the Bible, I think it's the perfect book to start. But in the book of John, Jesus gives us seven I am statements. He just says, you wanna know who I am? Here's who I am. And he gives us seven of them. And seven is represented as the perfect number in scripture. So I think if you really understood these seven statements, you'd get a great picture of who Jesus is. And today, I'm gonna look at the fourth I am statement of, from, of Jesus, from John chapter 10, it's in verse 11, Jesus says this, and I would love it if you would all say this out loud with me, just kinda let this sink in, even if you're watching online, say this out loud with me. I am the good shepherd. Who is Jesus? He's the good shepherd. Now notice something. He doesn't say I am a good shepherd, he says what? I'm the good shepherd. And he uses the word good, which means there's other people and other paths that you can follow that will lead you in a place that you never wanted to be, will destroy your life. As a matter of fact, right before Jesus says this statement in scripture, the very verse before in verse 10 is a famous verse, and Jesus said this, the thief, that is Satan, your enemy, the thief comes only to what? To steal and kill and destroy your life. And he's a thief, which means he's sneaky. And I think all of us could admit this, can't we? That we live in a world where there's a power at work that is destroying people's lives. We see destruction all around us. So many people have asked me, Ashley, what made you so passionate about getting back to in-person um, services at CCV now, and I've always had the same response, and it's this. COVID-19 is not the only pandemic that we are fighting in our world today. Now please hear me. COVID-19 is a real pandemic, and people are really dying. But COVID-19 is not the only pandemic that is killing people today. 
And you go search up the stats for yourself, but what you will see is over the last couple months, in our state, Arizona, and in, in the country, and really across the world, we are seeing suicide rates at a skyrocketing rate. We are seeing drug overdoses balloon to rates that we have not seen in a long, long time. We are seeing mental health off the charts. One study showed mental health is up 800% during COVID. Anxiety, depression, we're seeing marriages really struggle. We're seeing kids and students struggle as well. And maybe the most heartbreaking stat to me is that we're told in the state of Arizona, calls into child protective services for child abuse are down up to 90%. That is not a good thing. That's a horrific thing because if kids are being abused, that needs to be reported so Child Protective Services can step in to help kids that are being abused. Why, is, why are calls down? Because schools are closed and many churches are not uh, meeting physically. So what mandatory reporters that would see kids and be reporting it, there are not eyes on kids. Listen to me. COVID-19 is not the only pandemic we are fighting. People are dying in our midst from other things. And if you want to fact check this, please go do this. In June of this year, Arizona saw 1,600 more deaths than we saw in June of 2019. It's the highest death rate we have seen in our state for five years. Astronomical growth. And you'd say, well, that's because of COVID-19. More people are dying. But when you look into the numbers, the increase of almost 1,600 people COVID only accounts for 60% of the increase in deaths. That means there's a 40% increase in deaths in our state. Where's it coming from? Increased suicides, increased drug overdoses of people dying and other issues in our state. So please, here's what I'm saying. The church has to step into the gap. The church of Jesus Christ has to step into it. We cannot ignore, we cannot be so myopic. We're gonna do it safely and responsibly because COVID is real. But we have to step into the gap and give people, God did not design us to be isolated. We gotta safely come back and help people because Jesus is the answer to all the issues that we're facing. He can help. And so Jesus says, you have a thief, you have an enemy that's gonna destroy your life and we are seeing destruction all around us right now. But what did Jesus say? He goes on in the very next sentence and he says this. But I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. This word life that Jesus uses, there's three Greek words for life. And this one means quality of life. In other words, Jesus says, I want you to have the best, most fullest life that you could ever fathom. We're like, Jesus, how could you do that? Like, what do we need for that to happen? And the very next thing that Jesus says out of his mouth is he says this. That's when he says the I am statement. I am the good shepherd. You need to be guided to get that. And what I wanna do today is I wanna look at this statement deeper because I think we need to understand it deeper to understand how much we need Jesus as our good shepherd. So that's what I wanna do today. And the way I wanna do it is I wanna start this way by saying when Jesus is telling this story about him being the good shepherd, he says, one, there's a thief, which is who? That's Satan, he's our enemy. Jesus says, I'm your good shepherd, which makes us what? Who are we in the story? We're the sheep. And if you're taking notes today, and I hope you are, that means that to appreciate Jesus as the good shepherd, we have to understand our role as sheep. Now this is so 
interesting, okay? When you open up scripture, there are hundreds of animals talked about throughout the whole entire scripture for you animal lovers. It's awesome, there's lots of animals. No animal is talked about or mentioned more than sheep. No one. Over 200 times sheep are talked about. Horses are talked about 160 times, you know, dogs over 40 times, eagles over 30 times, I can go on and on and on. And I was studying that this week and something hit me that never hit me before. You know what animal is not mentioned one time in scripture? Not one single time in scripture is a cat mentioned in scripture. And you cat lovers, just wrestle with that this week. Okay, just wrestle with that. And some of you are pushing back. Yeah, but, but, but what about a lion? Well, that's a total stretch. And even if you want to go there, the Bible says, Satan is like a roaring lion. So <laughs> do with that what you want, okay? But just wrestle with that. But here's my point. Come back with me. No animal is mentioned more in the Bible than sheep. And guess what? We're compared to sheep. And I want to talk to you about that, but I'm going to be really transparent up front. It's not a compliment. There may be no other animal in the world that is so prone to wander, get lost, do something stupid, and die than a sheep. And I'm gonna show you that so clearly today because here's what, we have to, here's what we have to do. We have to understand this. In Jesus' time, there'd have been sheep and shepherds everywhere. So when Jesus is like saying this, people would have known what, what he meant by sheep. But we, for example, how many of you have sheep roaming around in your backyard? Well, me neither, so we have to understand this. Let me give you some facts about sheep. Okay, these are facts. Number one is sheep wander away and get lost so easily. We're told that there may not be a more dumb animal in the world than a sheep. I mean, seriously, you go look it up for yourself. I mean, on their own, when they, if they wander off, they will always get lost. You know what happens to most animals? I mean, think about this. If you, if you let a horse, a dog, a cat, any other animal out, out of the house, out of the pen, two, one of two things happens. Either they turn wild or they'll come back home. Not a sheep. A sheep will wander aimlessly, getting lost, and die on its own. Is there anybody here besides me that has a tendency to get lost? If my wife was on stage right now, she would go, he gets lost all the time. I have, I'm notoriously bad, and when it comes to driving, I mean, I can get lost all the time. When Jamie and I first got married, I mean, we would, it was like we've gotten fights in the car all the time. And I swear, I'm serious, GPS saved my marriage, I think. <laughs> I get lost all the time. And you may not get lost, like, driving. You have a tendency to get lost in any other area of your life. You ever woken up one day and thought, I don't know how our marriage got to this place. You ever woken up and said, financially, how did we get here? You ever wake up and just think, how did, I don't know how I got so far away. Would you let this verse from Isaiah 53 just kind of sink into your heart? God says this, he says, all of us, that would be me, that's all of us, are what? Like sheep. We've strayed away, we have left God's paths to follow our own. And I think all of us would have to admit that times in our lives, we have a tendency to wander away. We let the magnetic pull of this world pull us away 
from God's very best for our life. Let me tell you something else about sheep. Here's a second thing. Sheep lack discernment and get in trouble all the time, all the time. Uh, uh, sheep are known to walk into, in between two rocks, get stuck, and all they would have to do is back up and they're free. And you know what sheep do? They keep on plowing forward and get more stuck. They're so dumb. <laughs> sheep have been known, did you know this? Most animals have the discernment that's in them that they know plants that are poisonous or berries they shouldn't eat, not sheep. On its own, a sheep will eat a poisonous plant and just die right there. I mean, how many times in your life have you indulged in something or dabbled in something that was poisonous? A drug, pornography, and you just, you just kind of went there. I mean, how many times have you got stuck between a rock and a hard place, and instead of backing up, you charged forward even further? How many times has it happened to you? I can tell you hundreds of times that it's happened in my life. We are so prone. We lack discernment, just like a sheep. Here's another thing we know about sheep, is that sheep follow the flock even to their own demise. Here's what we know about sheep. A sheep, um, there'll be a flock of sheep. One of them walks into a fire and burns himself. The one will just walk right after him, right into the same fire. Sheep will walk off a cliff, and the other people will just follow and walk off the cliff too. It's like, woo, I think I'll do the same thing. We know that when sheep go to a slaughter, what many uh, farmers now do is they have what's called a Judas goat. The goat goes up the ramp to the slaughter and all the sheep follow and a sheep will watch a sheep in front of him get slaughtered and he will walk right into the exact same place. You ever been there? You ever watched people around you make dumb decisions and you're like, I would never do that. And you find yourself doing the same thing? We know, I mean, I've seen debt destroy so many people, but they got a new house, they got a new car, and I think, I think I can handle it. I think I'll go in debt up to my eyeballs too. We have a tendency to just kind of follow the flock, and social media does not help, right? Here's something else we know about sheep. Sheep scare easily, they are fearful and anxious. Sheep have been known that if a jackrabbit would just jumps out of a little bush, little, little jackrabbit, just jackrabbit, jumps out of a bush, he can send the whole flock fearfully running. And only one of the sheep saw that it was a jackrabbit, he got scared and he started running, and the rest of the sheep are just going too. And they're just running, they have no idea why they're running, they're just scared out of their minds. You ever had a time in your life that you are crazy anxious and you don't even know why? We have fear and anxiety in us. We need a good shepherd. A good shepherd calms all the sheep. Here's the last thing I'll tell you about sheep and we could go on and on. Sheep are defenseless without a shepherd. Now this is so interesting to me. Think about all the animals you know today. Almost every animal has something to defend themselves, a defense mechanism. I wrote this down. Um, Horses are fast, porcupines have needles, snakes have fangs, dogs can bite, skunks can spray you, cats have been known to claw people's eyes out in the middle of the night, you know, they can do that. <laughs> Even a snail, little, little bitty snail, has a hard shell. What does a sheep have as a defense mechanism? Nothing. 
They don't have sharp teeth. They are not fast. They do not blend in. Have you ever seen a wild herd of sheep? You won't. Because on their own, they are defenseless and they will be destroyed by the wolves and the other animals around them. Sheep need a good shepherd. And what some of us here have to realize is that we think, listen, we think we're so strong. We think we're so educated. We think we're so smart. And we have a big bank account, and we went to an Ivy League school, and we are awesome. So you know what? We don't need God. I'll do it on my own. I want to just tell someone here today, I hope that at some point you realize that without a good shepherd, you're going to find yourself lost, and you don't stand a chance against your enemy, Satan. Listen, on your own, he will destroy you 10 times out of 10. It's like Michael Jordan taking on a group of first graders. You'll get schooled every time unless you have the good shepherd with you. You don't stand a chance. And so what we begin to realize when we begin to study sheep is this. Understanding we are like sheep, we realize we need a shepherd bad. We need a good shepherd. And yet, you know what we do? We live in a world that tells us to be independent. You got this on your own. You don't need anybody. You know one of the greatest phrases today, and it's not all bad, okay, listen, it's not all bad, but this is one of the catchy phrases that's catching on nowadays is what? You do you, boo. Well, I don't know how you say it. I don't know how do that. You do you. And listen, part of this is good, right, because it's, it's encouraging us, don't follow like everybody else. Don't follow the crowd. Don't compare yourself to other people. There's some good parts of this. But what if, what if, if we're not careful, I think we can take this to a dangerous place. Because what if you doing you destroys you? What if you doing you on your terms, your way, when you want, how you want, I mean, Vegas tells you this, right? Do it. What if it could destroy you? We have to understand that left to ourselves, we are more like sheep than we want to admit, and we have to have a good shepherd. Who is Jesus? He's a good shepherd. How is Jesus like a good shepherd? I want to go straight to scripture. I want to show you how good of a shepherd he is. John chapter 10, verse 11, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd, and he goes on and says this. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. And by the way, that's what Jesus did for you. That's the gospel, that he died for you and rose again so that you could have life and life to the full. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, that's your enemy, he abandons the sheep and runs away. And then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it and the man runs away because he's a hired hand. He cares nothing for the sheep. Jesus repeats himself. Let me make it clear. He says, verse 14, again, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me, I and I know the Father, I lay down my life for the sheep. And I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. Everyone's like, what do you mean, Jesus? Well, at the time, the Jews thought they were the only people that God loved, and Jesus was saying, no, the Gentiles, you know those people that are way far away from God, 
I love them too, and I'm bringing them in too. I'm going after the people that are far after, far from me. And he says this, I'll bring them in also. They too will listen to my voice. There will be one flock and one shepherd. There's only one shepherd. Let's take this verse, and I wanna take Psalm 23 a little bit. I wanna show you just a few reasons that Jesus is the good shepherd. Number one is this, he is always present. Did you, did you catch from that verse? He said, there's a hired hand, and when the wolves come, he scatters. In other words, in Jesus' day, almost all the shepherds would have been hired hands. They didn't own the sheep, they were hired to take care of the sheep. And what happens the moment danger, and the moment something bad happens, what happens? The hired hand just scatters. As a matter of fact, in the Jewish law, the Mishnah, if you read in the Mishnah, there was a Jewish law that required that shepherds if one wolf showed up, they were required to stay and protect the sheep. But it's so interesting, in the Mishnah it says this, if two wolves show up, you can run off scared. Isn't that interesting? Any of you had some one wolf kind of friends? You know, it's like, Something bad happened in your life, and it wasn't that bad, it was kind of a one wolf problem, and all your friends came and surrounded you, and your family was there for you, and everybody was like, we're with you. But then you had a two wolf problem, or your 20 wolf problem, it was bad, and it was embarrassing. And what happened? Everybody ran. Friends, even family, the people you thought should have been there for you the most. Listen to me carefully. Not so with Jesus. He never runs. He never leaves you, no matter what you're going through, no matter how bad it is, he will lay down his life for you. He is always present. And I don't know about you, but that's good news for someone here today, because you're hurting. You are hurting. <laughs> never leave you. I don't care how embarrassing the affair was, how much you messed up, you went to prison, it does not matter. Jesus never leaves. Here's the second thing we know that Jesus is a good shepherd. It says he, he always guides. Did you catch in verse 14? It says, I know my sheep. I know them and I know exactly which direction to take them. Each individual, the path I have for them. And then he says this, my sheep listen to my voice. They listen to my voice. Jesus wants to speak into your life. Listen to Psalm uh, chapter 23. It says this, most famous Psalm probably. The Lord is my what? It's my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He what? He leads me beside quiet waters. That sounds good right now. He refreshes my soul. Watch this. How clear is this? He guides me. The good shepherd always is guiding you. Where? Along the right paths for his name's sake. He'll take you the right direction. And what some of us here today know is we know that well, we're just not sure what we should do. And some of you, you know, you know what you have a hard time doing? You have a hard time like hearing God's voice. Like you, I mean, maybe you wanna go the right direction, you just don't know how to hear God's voice. And if that's you, I'd encourage you to go back and watch a message series we did a couple years back called Antenna. It's all about how to put up your antenna and listen to God. But I wanna tell you today, if you're having a hard time hearing God's voice, it could be one of two reasons. And I'll give you an example, okay? If I walked into a room today, a small room with 50 women, and they were all talking, because that's what women do. <laughs> if my wife was in the audience, 
you could blindfold me and I would know her voice. I know where she's at. I know which way to go. Why? Because I've spent time with my wife. And some of you here today, the reason it's so hard for you to listen to God's voice is because you're not spending enough time with God to recognize his voice. So if that's you here today, I wanna tell you, just listen, don't do your own thing, listen, but spend time with God. How do you do that? I'd encourage you to stay in church every single weekend. You should never miss church, because you know what you know right now? God's speaking to you in this moment. You know it. So if you don't hear God, I would challenge you, you don't miss a weekend of church in the rest of 2020, and I guarantee you God will speak to you. What else are you gonna do? Every morning, every day, you're gonna be in God's word, because God will speak to you through his word. What else are you gonna do? You're gonna get into a small group because God speaks loudest oftentimes through his people into your life. You can hear God. He wants to speak into your life more than you even wanna hear him. Oftentimes we just are not spending enough time to hear his voice. What else do we know? Is that he always provides. He always, always provides. Psalm 23, one says this. The Lord is my shepherd, watch this. I lack nothing. Is that not powerful? On your own, you'll lack all sorts of things, but when Jesus is your shepherd and you're following after him, you will lack nothing. Verse four goes on to say this, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. He goes on. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. Jesus as a good shepherd is always providing for you. I love that it says he anoints my head. That wasn't just a spiritual thing, it was a practical thing. In that culture, oil you put on a wound. So if you're hurting, if you're in need, God wants to provide for you today, even in the darkest valley. In your darkest valley, that's when the wolves start surrounding. That's when the wolves go on attack. And this week, I was at home and I got a phone call from one of my best friends. And someone both of us love so deeply is in really deep trouble. Really deep trouble and it's not even their fault. But the wolves are surrounding. I'm I'm in like the national media surrounding. And they're probably watching right now and I just wanna speak to them and, and God's gonna use this to speak to someone here today, even in your darkest valley. God is there to protect you and provide for you, and he will never let you down. And I was studying this verse this week, and something hit me I'd never thought about before. I thought this, maybe it's not so bad being in the darkest valley when Jesus is your shepherd. Could you imagine, if you're in the darkest valley and Jesus is your shepherd and protector, he's got his rod and he is beating wolves, like he's beating all your enemies back. You just get to step back and go, whoa, Jesus is putting a little whooping on some people here, yes! if Jesus is your shepherd. But see, when we get in the darkest valley, what do we do? Oh, I'll take control, I'll do it. Give me the rod. No, Jesus has the rod, not you. You let Jesus fight your battles if he is your shepherd. And I know someone's in a dark valley and you need to hear that today. And you're so anxious and you're so fearful, but watch what what this says in Psalm 23, verse two. This is so interesting. He makes me lie down in green pastures. Isn't that interesting wording? He makes me. Let me tell you something else about sheep. 
it's almost impossible for sheep to lie down on the ground and rest and sleep on their own. You wanna know why? Because they're so fearful and they're so anxious. They can't lie down. So it takes a good shepherd to allow them to lie down, to show them they're safe. And there's someone here today, you've struggled with anxiety for so long. You wake up at 2 a.m., 3 a.m., you can't sleep. And you need to be reminded that you have a good shepherd that will cause you to lie down if you'd start relying on him and remembering how good he is. He's a good shepherd. What's the fourth thing that we know about Jesus as our good shepherd? It's this. He always pursues. Always. There's someone here today that you've been running from God for so long. And you don't think God has any intention of chasing after you. And you are dead wrong. Jesus told a parable about sheep. He said there's 100 sheep. 99 stayed in the pen and one ran off on his own. And where did Jesus go? He ran hard after the one. Someone here, you're the one. What's it say to us in this scripture? It says in Psalm 23, 6, surely your goodness and love will what? Follow me all the days of my life. And if you don't feel like there's anything good in your life right now, it's probably because you've been running from God. And you're running so hard away from God that you've got stuck between two rocks. And it's your stubbornness, or not even your stubbornness, it's not that, it's actually, you know what it is for someone? It's your shame. Jesus wouldn't follow after me after all the junk I've done. He's right there. He's been chasing you. You don't see it because you're this way. And what Jesus is saying, just stop running. Turn around. The Bible says it's repent. You turn and Jesus is there. Stop running. Stop being a sheep. Don't go forward when you're stuck. Back up and let Jesus be your good shepherd. And someone here today, if you're that one and you know who you are, I would tell you right now that today's the day you can declare Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You can give your life to him. You can decide to get baptized. At the end of this series, in, in two weeks from now, we're gonna do a baptism weekend. That could be the time that you wanna invite friends and family. You could do it today. But you know who you are. But there's a lot of us here today that we are followers of Jesus. We, we decided to follow Jesus, we just haven't been following Jesus. We kinda thought we were the shepherd. He's the shepherd. It's time to come back. You're just a little off. But over a long time, you found yourself way out here. It doesn't matter where you are. He can get you back to true north. Financially, if you give up control, put him first. In a marriage, he can lead your marriage to greener pastures. But you gotta start following him together. Get some counseling, take a step. Some of you are single, you think this. 
I don't know if Jesus could ever bring another sheep my way. Sure he can. You run hard after Jesus and then you look around and see who's keeping up. Your anxiety, he can be your provider. Your darkest valley, he's your comfort. I wanna give you some time to just ask yourself this question. What is Jesus saying to you today? How does he want to be your good shepherd? Where do you need to follow him more? We're gonna take communion, I'm gonna pray, and, and you know, if, if you're in the rooms today, you have a packet, and during communion, you can answer that question. If you're at home, you, can, you have some bread or juice that you can pull out or water. I challenge you maybe not to take communion until you've answered the question, Jesus, what are you saying to me today? What do I need to do? Who is Jesus? Who is Jesus? He is the good shepherd. He is your good shepherd. Let's pray. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for your goodness. You are our good shepherd. Father, you are always present. You always guide. You always provide. And Father, you always pursue. And for the person that's been running from you for a long time, would they stop running? And would they come and follow you? And for those that have made a decision, we're followers of Jesus, we just know we've strayed. Bring us back to you today, God. Help us to trust that it's only through you that we will have life and life to the full. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen.